Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me today in the King Power Stadium cavernous uh, rooms down below, near the dressing rooms, is James the Sharp End Sharp. Hello, Robert. And uh, we've just been sat through Claude Powell's press conference to preview the trip to Crystal Palace on Saturday. Uh, There's four games to go over the season, and it might not look like they've got a lot to play for, but... That certainly isn't the case uh, for many of the players and there has been some news about some of the uh, the players uh, in the squad and their futures and we'll get to that in a moment. Before we get underway, I'd just like to remind you to head over to beer52.com. If you enjoy beer and you especially enjoy free beer like me, head over there, register Leicester and you can join eight uh, beers from around the world and all you've got to do is pay your post in the packing. Now, let's kick off in the usual yeah. manner, Mr. Mr. Sharp. Uh, injury news. Yes, so the big story is that Kasper Schmeichel is still out um, with an ankle injury. I mean, he will miss the trip to Crystal Palace, which came as a bit of a surprise because he missed the draw against Southampton with an ankle injury, which he picked up after being clattered by Ashley Barnes in the, at the end of the defeat to Burnley. And didn't train for most of the following week and missed the game against Southampton. By the time this Palace game comes around, that's that'll have been nine days ago that that he missed the Southampton game, and he's still out. Um, no time frame from Puel as to when he will be back, but it came as a bit of a surprise because we thought Schmeichel would be back fit, but he's not, which means that Ben Hamer, you'd imagine, would get to keep his place. And what about uh, the other injury news with Danny Amate and Shinji Okazaki? Yeah, so we've got updates on Okazaki, Amate, and Ibora. Um, Okazaki also, he's still out. He injured his ankle um, at Burnley. He got subbed at half-time. He also missed the game against Southampton. He remains out. Uh, Daniel Amarty has been out for quite a while now with, with a hamstring injury. He's back, but he won't be playing in the first team. He is playing in the under-23s on Friday night in their really important um, Premier League Cup semi-final against Aston Villa at the King Power Stadium. Tickets are still available for that, if anyone wants to go down and watch. Amati will be playing in that. And Ibora was kind of positive news, in the sense that, having been ruled out for the rest of the season with a hamstring injury, he seems to be ahead of schedule. He's going to be returning to... Tra- he's been running, he's been in the, in the gym, he's been doing... He's able to run now. And Paul said he hopes that the Spaniard will be back in training soon. So he could even play well, he this didn't, season. He, essentially, he didn't go into detail. He didn't um, say whether they could or not. But well, he's going to be back in training with a good few weeks into the season. There is a chance, I guess, that we'll see the Spaniard before the end of the season, um, which will be great news. Well, going back to Casper, it's another opportunity for Ben Hamer yeah. to uh, impress Puel. We know he's out of contract at the end of the season and he said to me last week that um, he's not sure what's going to happen 
So he's playing now for a contract either here or, or wherever. Yeah. Um, so that's another opportunity for him. And that seems to be the theme of Puel's message today, wasn't it, to, to many players? Um, opportunities in the last four games to impress him and to cement their place in his plans for the future because he's talking about building foundations, isn't mm-hmm. he? And uh, that's certainly the case for a lot of the players. They're playing for their futures. Yeah, they are. Um, Puel has basically admitted that he's almost experimenting with this team a little bit because he needs he wants to see the players play in his style and the ones that can do it he wants to keep and those he don't he'll probably look to get rid of so I mean you can just Dragovic is one you could off the top of your head a player that Leicester might look to sign on a permanent deal he'll want to see him um, perform You've got players who have already been here, like the likes of uh, Danny Simpson and to a, maybe even Wes Morgan, who you wouldn't say fit into... They don't seem players that fit into Puel's composed on-the-ball style, but he wants, to, he wants to see if they can fit into his way. Um, so there's a lot of players, really, who need to be given a chance to, to impress, to see whether they can... They can hack it. It's not just players, though, getting a chance in the team. It's players playing in different positions as well. Michael Brighton played at right back, yeah, didn't true. he, against Southampton. And uh, he could play there again at Palace, which I think would be more of a telling test for him because uh, he wasn't made to do much defending against the Saints, who showed a remarkable lack of ambition for a side that were desperately yeah. fighting relegation. Um, and we've seen in the past with the home game here against uh, Bournemouth that uh, you know there are still question marks about him defensively. I think Danny Simpson does offer that defensive solidity a bit more than more Michael Brighton. But what Michael Brighton does offer is game forward, great range of passing. He's crossing the support for Riyad Mahrez. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It is. And Paul was asked about it today whether that whether it was just an experiment or whether he does see all Brighton there in the long term. And he basically said that he is an option there. He yeah. likes what all Brighton can offer in the same way. I think that he prefers Chilwell over Fuchs because it's kind of beyond doubt really that Fuchs is the more defensively sound left back than, than Chilwell but the way Puel plays he wants his full backs to bomb on we, we, we remember the first game he took over in charge against against Everton we were all kind of talking about Simpson getting nosebleeds because he was bombing on one of the first things he said to Simpson was to get forward so it's clear he wants his full backs to attack Chilwell does that on the left on the right, Puel thinks that Albrighton has those abilities. Not only is he defensively sound, but he's also got great distribution. He's, we, know how, we know how fantastic he is at putting balls into the box. And in that game against Chelsea in the Cup, there were so many times that Leicester had the, ability, had the chance to get the ball into the box, but it was Simpson on the, on the end of it who, by his own admission, isn't, probably isn't the best crosser in the team. Albrighton is. So if, if he's going to get into positions where he can get the ball into the box... Albrighton at right back could give well a real decent option going forward. As you say, though, it's the defensive aspect that he needs to work on. He gave, a, gave away a penalty against Bournemouth, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and if he's got the likes of Zahar going up against him at the weekend, that will be a, a much stronger test than than, than what the Saints give him. And even though he's provided an option now, that won't stop Claude bringing in a right back in the summer, will it? And uh, he was asked today about Ricardo Pereira, the Porto. Um, fullback that's uh, been strongly linked with Leicester City. Um, we understand he is an option that City are considering, and if there's a deal that can be done, you know you might see Pereira as a Leicester City player next season, and he's an attacking fullback as well, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you and Jordan talked about this a bit more on the podcast earlier in the week, but 
he seems to fit. He seems to tick all the boxes that Puel would want in a fullback. He's already got, I think, seven assists uh, for Porto already this season um, from right back. He's the attacking kind of fullback that Puel's looking for. He's played under Puel before uh, in France, so Puel knows him well. It, it it all seems to fit, doesn't it? I mean, it's just a case now of whether Leicester do want to go ahead and, and complete the deal if, if possible. But yeah, he, he looks like one that we're going to have to keep an eye on. We Paul was asked about it in the press conference. As you would imagine, he didn't he didn't give much away. He doesn't give it. much away, does he? On these no, we, I think as it was Kirsty Edwards from Sky who asked the question. I think she knew as she asked the question what was going to come, and it was. I can't. I'm not going to comment on that. We've got more thing, important things to worry about getting to the end of the season. But he did say if there are if there is the chance to bring in quality additions to the squad. That is what they will try and do. He would be a quality addition to the squad, so fans can form their own judgments. I think, and whether they'll they'll try and sign him. Yeah, it's predictable the response from Puel on those sort of questions, but they are planning for next season. They have been for quite some while already. Yeah, but so, he said that. Like, didn't he? he said he'd been planning ever since he got here in October. He's been looking ahead. I mean, he's been asked many times about the future of Robert Huth and the future of Ben Hayman. He's always said now is not the time to be discussing that. Well. It is really the time to be discussing it. And there was some news on, on Robert Hooth's future as well. Yeah, he's put more of a timescale on it now, hasn't he? We, as we say, he's, we've, he's been asked about Hooth for quite a while now because he's, he's out of contract at the end of the season, not kicked a ball for the first team all, all campaign. Real huge question marks over whether he has a future at Leicester. Paul was asked again about it. But this time he said that he's planning on holding talks with Hooth in the coming days, he said about his future and Paul kind of admitted it's a bit of a tricky situation really because Huth is such a popular member of that dressing room hugely important behind the scenes hugely valuable to team spirit and camaraderie which is so important to Leicester but he is coming to the end of his career and there are still question marks over whether he's, his long term fitness is up to it whether Paul sees him in his, in his thoughts Poel wants composed set wants defenders who can pass the ball out. Who's not renowned for being the most composed centre back in the world? So these are all questions that need to be answered. Poel is going to talk, sit down and talk with Huth over the next coming days, and uh, I guess that means we'll then start to know a little bit more about Huth's future when that happens. He's, he's talked about showing um, respect to yeah, Robert Huth. Like, right, he it? absolutely deserves it for the role he's played in that incredible title winning season and the Champions and League campaign. And keeping him up in the first place. Exactly, yeah. it was his um, arrival that really sparked that great escape in many ways because uh, they'd switched systems with him there and he was uh, he was phenomenal. So absolutely right, the club should show him the utmost respect regardless. I mean, I suspect they're not going to offer him a contract. Yeah. I suspect he'll be moving on in the summer and it will be with the uh, the thanks of the club. But it's interesting, isn't it? We're looking at Huth moving on. Wes Morgan was left out. First time the captain was left out for a Premier League game against Southampton there. It all sort of starts to feel like the beginning of the end for, for many of that squad. Yeah, it's something that we've talked about a bit, haven't we? Really? I know you've written about it as well. It feels like... Every team, every great team, they have cycles, don't they? they a team will run its course. And it's, it's getting to the point now where a lot of those key figures from the title winning season have either already moved on, Golo Kante, Danny Drinkwater, or are at the point where there are people banging on the door to replace them. And 
look like more long-term investments. We've already seen it with Chilwell and Fuchs. I know still some fans would, would still prefer to see Fuchs there, but in Puel's mind, it's clear that Chilwell is now first choice. So there's an evolution going on there. Dragovic and Morgan is the big one. Dragovic has come in again and impressed and seems more of a, of a fit, composed on the ball, all the things that Puel wants. Uh, Maguire in over Huth, who's been struggling with injury. Maguire's gone from strength to strength. If we're looking at all right, it right back over Simpson, and Simpson starting to become phased out. These are all key areas, key positions that, for those players who brought the title to Leicester, what they seem to be, there seem to be people now who are there ready to take their place. And we've just been talking before we started doing this podcast about another player that's just got a year to run because Wes Morgan's got one more year to yeah. run on his contract. Um, Shinji Okazaki's got another year to run on his contract as well. And you know we're, we're starting to see with the Ian Nacho coming in and playing in that number ten role and. Uh, Damari Gray and uh, and Riyad Mahrez being those wide players with Fasini Diabate being yeah. also preferred to come in as play number 10 and wide Shinji's getting marginalised again yeah now. he is yeah I, I wrote about this earlier this week actually in that if you look at it he, Shinji Iheanacho Diabate Gray Mahrez all at some point whether either starting or during a game have played behind Vardy all five have had been utilised there. None of them really have nailed it down at all. Um, Ian actually started brilliantly against Southampton, but but faded away and was withdrawn before the end of the game. Diabate looks impressive, but young and raw, and we're not quite sure yet whether he's better out wide or in the hole. Gray and Mares both prefer to be out wide. It seems and like to cut in and kind of attack. The angle of attack is kind of cutting it off the flank. Shinji's always been traditionally, we've said it so many times, the best fall for Vardy. But I just get the sense that he was the best fall for Vardy in the old system when Leicester didn't have much of the ball and they needed Okazaki to press and Harris and be that scrappy, doing all the dirty work to try and win the ball back. Leicester have more of the ball now and Puel wants his number 10 to be that creative force, the player that takes the ball, wants it, moves it on with quick thinking can see can create can crucially move the ball forward because without that link there Leicester can just move the ball sideways and it gets a little bit somebody that can find space as yeah. well. they're playing against packed defences now where I mean we saw it against Southampton we just we mentioned their lack of ambition Sides are sitting so deep and denying City space, they're struggling to break it down. Somebody can just find that little pocket of space to turn and play a telling ball it, they that, are, that they, David Silva or Kevin De Bruyne, that kind that of player. Sort of, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's what Leicester City are crying out for. That's what uh, I'm sure Claude Puel is scouring uh, the world to find a, a player that can play in that number ten role uh, behind Jamie Vardy because right. it just Ben Arthur, Atom Ben Arthur is the player that a lot, a lot of people have been talking about linking with um, Leicester City because you know, he looks like he's got no future at PSG, does it? Um, but you know that's the sort of uh, the player they want and. Uh, and they're going to, it's not going to be easy to find them, and it's certainly not going to be cheap. But um, for this system that uh, Puel wants to bring in to work, that might be the final piece. Because it feels like at the moment, it's like a, a clock that's a little bit faulty. One of the cogs isn't quite working properly, so the whole thing is slow. You know, we're losing time. People are getting frustrated because it's giving them the wrong time. Uh, so they just need to find that right cog 
What yeah. an analogy this is. <laughs> Not a vast piece of cog to slot in and the whole thing will work like clockwork. Exactly. And we've got there in the end. Yeah. Um, but it, that's right though, isn't it? Because yeah. um, at times, I know, I know at the minute it is a little bit protracted and fans will say boring because it isn't quite working. We saw at the start of the Southampton game when Inacto was playing well that when that position does that someone is there that does that that work it it does it does look good and it can work but it's finding that position and good number great number 10s are difficult to find i suppose i suppose if we look back last season Gilfie Sigurdsson is the kind of player that would fit that role would be that and number 10 after him, and they yeah. were after they yeah. I mean, was it 40 million pounds they were yeah. looking at play, paying for him that's the kind of position they're going to let they need for Puel's system to work as efficiently as he wants it to, but they are—they're not cheap. And that was forty million quid even before the market exploded and everyone started going at sixty million pounds. So that is a tough job, and that's a tough player to to bring in. We've seen it before; they spent so much money already trying to find a player to play that position and not really got it. So it's another summer where that position is another task for them to to do now we talked about Morgan possibly not being in the side again against Palace I mean Casper Smeichel isn't uh, Andy King is out on loan at Swansea City Jamie Vardy led the side uh, against Southampton and it looks like Vardy could have the armband again yes potentially so and well said that Vardy seemed to like it he enjoyed yeah it was a bit of an honour to yeah, be the skipper enjoyed leading the team out and I think he's good I quite enjoy it. I can't imagine him being a captain of any side in the past I mean I, I think I think he did when Morgan went off injured in, I want to say, the Champions League. And he went off injured and Vardy took the armband basically because they couldn't be bothered to run all the way back to Casper and give it to him. So they passed it to Vardy. Oh, a default. Yeah, default captain. Yeah, I think, so I think that is the, only time, is the only time. But I can't remember. I'm sure people, people who are listening here will correct us if we're wrong. But no, I, I think it fits. Wes is, is, is the big influential player in the dressing room Paul even said today that even when he's not playing he's the dressing room captain we know that we know Schmeichel is a big character in the dressing room we know there's well there used to be four there's four big characters in the dressing room of, of Morgan Schmeichel Vardy and, and Andy King when he was here so we know Vardy's part of to coin the an management Aust- committee, to coin, an, to coin <laughs> an Australian cricket phrase the um, leadership group yeah. um, so we know Vardy is a big character in the dressing room but I think from a fan's point of view Leicester fans see Vardy as being the kind of epitome of everything that the club stands for, or at least did stand for back a few seasons ago. The the never give up, never foxes never quit, in your face, underdog, give it all you've got, what no matter what kind of attitude. And I think Leicester fans see that in Vardy, and so I think to see him lead the team out, he leads from the front anyway in his position but to see him lead the team out would like that I think fans would have enjoyed that I think that, I think I think Vardy would have enjoyed it as well, well let's hope the fans enjoy the trip down to yeah. um, Sellers Park although they understand they've cancelled all the trains down to London on a day that yes, they have, the yeah. city are playing in London so that's going to make it a bit awkward for you uh, <laughs> on, on Saturday but hopefully the fans will join, uh, enjoy it down there it's always a great atmosphere at Sellers Park it's one of my yeah. favourite grounds to go to not, Terrible not, view for, from the press box. not for the facilities but for the, the atmosphere there it's always a cracking one and the, and the Leicester fans have sold out their allocations as well so they'll be in fine voice as well so um, check back on the Mercury website 
website and our Facebook page uh, for all the build-up to that big game on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to it. And uh, obviously, check back with us as well for all the reaction after the game. James will be running a live blog throughout the afternoon if you want to join us to follow all the action and uh, all our comment. And uh, we'll see you again next time.